What is going on, you guys? CWJ Podcast. And this week, we will discuss LaMelo Ball, the draft, and what happened to a few players. First of all, we're going to discuss LaMelo Ball and his beef with his dad, LeVar. Now, we all know LeVar Ball is a loudmouth man, which, you know, whatever. It's That's his son. He's a grown man. He can say whatever he wants. But LaMelo Ball finally said, I am my own man. LeVar, the context is LeVar Ball was talking about... Someone asked him, where does LaMelo Ball fit? And LaVar Ball, you know, basically put his son on the map and saying he's the best player right now, and he would fit wherever. He, If he went to Golden State, he would fit there, the type of player he is. And LaMelo Ball said, I have my opinions, he has his, which, you know, I'm not going to blow out of proportion. Not the biggest, excuse me, not the biggest deal in the world to, to say to, you know, to your dad and, and say it out loud. You know, it's it's whatever. What you know? What are you gonna do about it? But the problem with Lavar Ball is Lavar Ball has put his kids, in my opinion, careers in jeopardy at one point or another. We all saw when Lonzo Ball was entering the league, Lavar Ball before that, even at UCLA, Lavar Ball was saying they're gonna win the NCAA championship, which they obviously did not. And he went as far as saying he's better than Curry. Now, Lonzo Ball wasn't even drafted yet, and LeVar Ball was going off of this just by his own personal opinion and a belief, which makes sense, you know, I mean, if if that's your son and, you know, you trained him for 19 years, you're going to have the belief that he's going to be the best player in the league um, off of what you've seen and and, uh, what you've done, because that's, you know, basically that's your product. And Lonzo Ball had a target going into the NBA, and there's a lot of times where he went on the first take, and Stephen A. Smith had to shut him down and kind of put him back in line of saying, listen, your son hasn't really done anything to prove us what you've been saying this whole time, even while he was at UCLA. And, you know, that made that made Lonzo a target, and that also gave him the systemic that he's overrated. He got drafted too high, which I don't think Lonzo Ball got drafted high. I think he was drafted at the right point when he was the best my opinion, he was better than Marquise Fultz coming out, and Marquise got drafted before him. But, um, you know, it's just the kind of way the draft landed. And Lonzo Ball later in his career made an Instagram post saying, I'm my own man when the Triple B went down. When everything kind of went down, Lonzo Ball went ahead and said, I'm my own man, and, and I'm going to do my own thing. Now, with Leandro Ball... LeVar Ball pulled out Leandro out of UCLA when Leandro ran into trouble in Guangzhou, China for stealing Louis Vuitton sunglasses while they were going to play an exhibition game. And there stirred some conflict because LeVar Ball wasn't liking the fact that UCLA was going to give his son a suspension and wait on his son uh, to for approval to play again. And the Ball Ball didn't like that. He wanted all the kids to be one and done. But Leandro Ball's situation fed in to his younger brother Lamelo when Lavar took Lamelo out of Chino Hills, and that stirred up some that stirred up some conflict. But really, everyone said that's his son. Those are his kids. What are we to judge? But Lavar Ball has a record of making some comments and making some decisions that from a sports fan and a ball fan we saw how it somewhat affected them in a way where 
they kind of were stuck in in a phase of the of his dad's era. Now I say his dad's era because really it wasn't the Langelo show and the Melo show in Lithuania. It was the Lavar show. Lavar pushed to have sponsorships on the court. Lavar really just enthusiastic that it was the ball team. It wasn't the Vitatas and Lithuania team. Now, obviously, Leandro Ball and Lamelo Ball made a statement that you know they were American players and they had skill, but that really didn't show Lithuania what they had to what they had to what they had to compete for, and um, it really that just kind of got the ball buzz, you know, in a little little bit of a stir. But Lavar Ball has a record of of saying some drastic things, and to to say Lavar Ball is a bad father, I don't think so. That's not my that's not my call. Uh, I think he's a great kid. I think he's a kid, he's a caring father. I mean, he cares a lot about his kid's career. But Lamelo Ball had that to say about his dad, and uh, I think that really uh, took them off par and took them off course. Now, all right. Now, in the next part of this segment, we're going to discuss what happened to Nate Robinson. All right, so everyone knows who Nate Robinson was in the NBA. Nate Robinson was one of the shortest players to come out of the draft. Uh, the 21st pick in the 2005 draft, he got drafted from University of Washington, standing only at 5'9 by the New York Knicks. Now, he spent five seasons with the Knicks, and within those five seasons, he was awarded three-time NBA All-Star dunk champion. And, you know, he made a few highlights uh, during that time, uh, especially blocking Yamin, which was hands down one of the tallest NBA players to play. And Nate Robinson was one of the shortest. So, you know, that that uh, made a highlight for him and that made a highlight for his career in a statement. But later on, Nate Robinson bounced from team to team and really didn't make a huge impact. The biggest impact that I saw that he was on was when he was with Chicago and he took back a 20 point deficit. Brooklyn Nets were up by 20 points, and Nate Robinson snatched that back, brought it back down, and won it in overtime. And that was kind of like the state of Nate uh, era, in my opinion. That Nate Robinson was back, and and you know he was ready to stay in the NBA for longer. But uh, in the future, he just kind of bounced from a couple teams, and then ended up getting waived. Played overseas, played in the G League, and then most recently played in Ice Cube's Big Three League. Uh, but what kind of was bothering me when, when I read this was when I was looking up Nate Robinson is that he mentioned he was too happy in the NBA that teams didn't like him because he was comfortable wherever he was at. He was just grateful to be in the NBA. And obviously I think when you're at any level, uh, it's good to be when you're at any pro level, you're happy to be where you're at because you worked for it. But the NBA kind of writ him off as, uh, he don't. He doesn't want to compete. All he wants to do is just. He's just happy to. Be, he's just comfortable where he is. And teams didn't like that. And Nate Robinson actually began to become depressed because teams just continuously wrote him off, signed him, then waived him, signed him, then waived him, signed him, then waived him. And he began to really kind of go through this phase of not liking where he was at anymore, and eventually just stopped playing NBA basketball and. He went on saying when he uh, now he does a TV show with overtime. He went even on saying that NBA quit on him, which uh, you know is kind of sad to say, but also shows the business side of the NBA and that uh, you know 
not everyone is there to sniff the roses. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a grown man league with the best ass, with the best basketball players in the world. So, I mean, there's that. But uh, also, I mean, I think another thing that people knew Nate Robinson was for entertainment, his size and his the position where he was in life, being in the NBA. I think it was just for entertainment and, you know, not just for entertainment, but he was an entertaining person. Uh, I'd say he's a celebrity. Well, he is, but I might even say when he was in the NBA, he was a celebrity. And uh, he carried that over to now present day internet celebrities. And most recently, he's fighting Jake Paul, which kind of blows my mind. Uh, I'm scratching my head for that one. Because, I mean, Nate Robinson was a professional athlete. He, in fact, had a tryout with the Seattle Seahawks because Nate Robinson was a football player, too. But uh, the fact that Jake Paul wants to uh, spar with Nate Robinson, I think, is a little crazy. Jake Paul's a little in over his head right now. But uh, hopefully, you know, I'll see the fight and Nate Robinson, I think, will win. Because uh, Nate Robinson, as I said, is a professional athlete. And Jake Paul, you know, is uh, strong, looks strong, but... Uh, I don't I don't know how uh, physically gifted he is compared to uh Nate Robinson. But that's the that's a story on Nate Robinson. <laughs> now we are going to move on on NBA players who are better than we think. Now, I'm the first off mention that now all these guys are currently in the NBA but they had a chance. And the first person I'm going to mention is Lilangelo Ball. Lilangelo Ball is a 6'5 shooting guard, also the middle brother between of the Ball brothers. Now, Melangelo Ball is, without a doubt, the most underrated and the most hated Ball brother just because he isn't athletically gifted. But what people don't know and they don't see is Melangelo Ball was the number one scorer on the number one team in the nation. And the Chino Hills high school team with Lonzo, Lamelo, Leangelo, Eli Scott, Oneke, with those guys, he, they were the possibly the best team high school basketball scene when they went on 35-0. Now, Leandro Ball is the number one scorer on the team. He averaged 30 points. Lonzo averaged 23, and LaMelo averaged 17, but LaMelo Ball was much younger. But for Lonzo, it showed Lonzo wasn't as much of a scorer as Leandro and People prayed on Lonzo for having an ugly jump shot, but he was sinking it. While Leandro Ball had a nice, orthodox form, and people still continue to hate on him. Now, from Chino Hills, Leandro Ball went to get a four-wide scholarship at UCLA to play basketball before he ran into some trouble and ended up getting pulled. Now, LeVar Ball, Leandro's father, Got Leandro and Lamelo a professional contract in Lithuania, and La, 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 excuse me, Leandro Ball ended up playing professionally overseas, and uh, the play pro is, I think, you know, only very few can do it, and I think that's where people really started to, you know, raise questions: is Leandro Ball good enough for the NBA? Now, Leandro Ball got selected to go to a pro combine at IMG Academy where he showcased his talent, and if you watch Ball in the Family, you will see that he got interviewed by the Phoenix Suns, Oklahoma City, and the Brooklyn Nets. Now, those ended up falling through. He had a workout. Those ended up falling through, 
But he did have a workout with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Now, before you say anything, before you think, oh, well, he didn't get on the team, to get a workout with an NBA team shows that you have NBA potential and that they see that and they want to see what you can do. Lonzo Ball had a workout with them too. People are forgetting that. Lonzo Ball got picked by the Lakers. Lonzo Ball had a workout with the Lakers, and if you watch Ball and the Family and you watch his interview, you would see that he actually ended up leading the the team or his little practice he had ended up winning the most games and making the most shots. And he did not get selected by the Lakers, which is pretty depressing. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Now, following the Lakers, he had a workout with the Golden State Warriors. And he ended up having an ankle injury and uh, just ended up getting seated. We really didn't see much of him play, but we saw an interview. But for Leandro Ball to get a trial and interview with two NBA teams showed that he had NBA potential. And that he still does. But people continue to write him off. Now, Leandro Ball kind of took a diff, in my opinion. He kind of went downhill when he played for the JBA, which is his dad's basketball league. It was for people who got in trouble in college and ended up just not wanting to play. They can play for the JBA, which is kind of like a G League situation. Now, <laughs> he ended up winning MVP, which, you know... Good for Leangelo. I'm a big Leangelo fan, but I mean, come on, it was his dad's league, and uh, I mean, I mean, that's nothing really to to go up on. I mean, we saw guys in the JBA who now, you know, I mean, I'm I try to look up as many as I can, and none of them are really doing doing much. So, um, you know, hope the best luck for them. But the most recent news was Leangelo Ball signed a G League contract with the Oklahoma City Blue which is OKC's affiliate team, farm team, I guess you could say. And uh, it was rumored he first came on as a practice player. He was uh, seen at practice and seen working out with them. And then he was officially signed. Now, before COVID hit, Leonzo Ball was supposed to play against the Stockton Kings. And there was only one photo of him shooting around before the game. Now, OKC ended up not playing him that game. Even when they announced that he would play, he ended up not playing. Now, did the OKC use him? I don't think so. There's All those guys on that roster are fine for an NBA spot. And when they've all been there and they all got to the same position Leangelo has, excuse me for shaking the mic, when they all have gotten to the position Leangelo has, it gets very you know competitive and very intense. So, you know, they can't play everybody. But COVID hit and ended up shutting the season down. So that was the last we heard of Leangelo. Now, I believe Leangelo Ball, his contract was ended because it was a season contract. But Leangelo Ball is now working with Lamelo Ball's trainer, Jermaine Jackson, former head coach at Spire Academy, where Lamelo Ball finished his senior season at. And, you know, from videos on Instagram of Leonardo Ball shooting around, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you guys that it's the greatest thing I've seen. He's wide open, and, you know, obviously there's cut in the camera, so there's been some takes. Now, Leonardo Ball looks good. He got his ankle worked on. Jump shot is looking better. It's looking quicker. Looks like he's lost some weight, and he's gained more muscle, which is good. Because uh, another thing was Leonardo Ball was never as fast as... Lamelo and Lonzo, just because of his size, 
you kind of Lavar even said Leandro Ball kind of replicates Lavar's size, kind of big bone and big body and strong. While Lonzo and Lamelo were kind of scrawny but fast. <sighs> now, it is rumored that Leandro Ball will go wherever Lamelo Ball goes. We all know Lonzo Ball is gonna stay in New Orleans with Ingram and Zion. I think that's just the best fit for him. And uh, that's where he needs to go. I think that's where just, he just needs to stay. I think people down there also believe that too. The last part of today's segment, I want to touch on John Morant winning Rookie of the Year. Now, a lot of people saw it coming. I saw it coming, but I'm happy that it actually happened. Now, I think John Morant winning Rookie of the Year is going to pave the way for a lot of small Division One colleges, Division Two, uh, number fifty-five on the Heat. I don't know his name off the top of my head. He played Division Three ball, G- then went to the G League, then now plays in the NBA. But I think it's going to create a lot more room for smaller colleges to produce high-caliber athletes. Now, John Morant wasn't a part of a big Division One university. Murray State in Kentucky. Okay, that's not, they're not competing against Duke. They're not the ACC. They're not the Big Ten, not the Pac-12. But yet he still came out of a decent, it's still Division One, nonetheless. Not a big Division One school and then went to the NBA and made such a huge impact um, where where he was. And, I mean, I think it's great that uh, he won. And also what I'm noticing is that some of the rookie of the years come out of colleges that aren't as big as we think. And I think it's just because the drive uh, of where they come from at the university develops them straight out. I mean, I'm, we're looking at guys like Jalen. You know, I'm not going to go against Jalen Hands, but Jalen Hands played at UCLA. And now he uh, he went to the he got he signed with the Nets two way contract. Now he doesn't even play anymore. And he went to UCLA versus people like Dame Lillard who went to Weber State and were rookie of the year and is possibly a Hall of Fame athlete. So um, I mean I think it's just a, a a good time for basketball and it's a good time for people to tune in. Now, before we go, I did a video on YouTube discussing Derrick Rose, and here's the whole situation. Derrick Rose cheated on his SAT. Now, Bleacher Report did a story on it, and I wanted to share with you guys on what I took from it and uh, basically what I said in the video. So, Derrick Rose came out of... Simeon High School, which is in his hometown, Chicago, Illinois. And he also played AAU ball for Mean Streets Express. And Derrick Rose was, you know, one of the best in the country. He was most elite. He was McDonald's All-American. So, athletically, he was there. And, you know, when you're at that type of level and you have that much notoriety, uh, you have a very strong chance of making it of playing more in the future than others. And he ended up doing that and went to Memphis University, 
which is the same school that Penny Hardaway went to. But in order for Derrick Rose to get to Memphis University, he had to take an SAT. The NCAA had a requirement that you had to take it and you had to get a certain score. And Derrick Rose did not meet that score. Uh, He did it twice and completely blew it. Now, I think Derrick Rose blowing his SAT is kind of, it kind of raised, raised questions because SAT, I just took it and a few weeks ago. It's basically what you learned throughout your high school career. So if Derrick Rose flunked his SAT, then how was he eligible to play basketball for four years on the varsity level without anybody coming in saying, listen, you got to actually do some work? Because obviously it was clear that Derrick Rose did very little work. And because of his status, people obviously went over there and um, and did it for him. But he ended up failing it twice. The third time, he had a buddy of his go in there for him and take it, and he ended up passing the requirement to get into Memphis. Now, when Derrick Rose was at Memphis, this was unknown. Memphis University didn't know about it, but there was some problems Memphis University, actually, uh, one of the requirements, I guess, Derrick Rose going there was his brother would see him play. So Memphis would pay for Derrick Rose's brother to go see him play at Memphis, and he paid for his transportation. And so, you know, basically, you're, he's dumped. The University of Memphis was given Derrick Rose personal payments, which is against NCAA. Uh, rules. It's completely against it. There's been many scandals from then of players getting paid, such as James Wiseman and uh, DeAndre Ayton when he was at Arizona. It was a $100,000 payoff. So colleges have had trouble, have gotten in trouble for bribing athletes to come to their school. Now, I don't think Memphis had to bribe Derrick Rose to go there because Memphis is a great program and they've had a lot of success there. But I think it was definitely somewhere where Derrick Rose could feel more comfortable having his own family watch him and uh, just get the most out of his experience there. Derrick Rose actually ended up being very successful, taking University of Memphis to the Final Four. And after his first year, he declared for the draft. And uh, he went number one, and Chicago Bulls had the number one pick. And Derrick Rose got picked by Chicago. Now, it wasn't until Derrick Rose was in the NBA of when this was brought up and it was confirmed. Um, Now, there was nothing that they could do because Derrick Rose was already in the NBA and he was already making millions. So, I mean, if the NCAA really wanted to test the waters with him, being the number one overall pick, it's not like a $100,000 contract. I mean, it was a multi-million dollar contract. So... Derrick Rose could have easily settled it, and it would have been over overnight. But, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, Derrick Rose is an NBA basketball player. He's an MVP. If he was a school teacher, I think there would be some problems <laughs> if he was an educator. But uh, he just plays basketball, and, you know, that's kind of just what he had to do to to make seven figures and 
and to make it in the NBA. But I read on Bleach Report that people didn't like that he did that because now he goes to schools and he tells them, stay in school, get your degree, blah, 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 blah. But yet he couldn't even pass his SAT. So, like, what the what the heck is all that all that is about what but i mean i don't know that's just my it's my take on it and that's where i reside when it comes to derrick rose uh cheating on his sat to get to college anyways that's gonna be it for today's episode on cwj next episode come back we will be discussing lebron and the nba finals now i do post a podcast twice a week This podcast is a little shorter. Next one's going to be a little longer. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day.